All right, good morning, Ridgepoint Church. How are you doing this morning? Good, man. I've said this, I think, every, every week this year, but I've loved the energy as we've kicked off 2019. It's hard to imagine we're already in February, uh, but we're, we're excited to have you here this morning as we continue on with this series. One thing I have to mention, we didn't plan on announcing this quite yet this morning, uh, but we have some time-sensitive information that kind of happened this week that we want to share with everyone. Uh, for, the, for a long time, for the last decade, we've had a, a relationship with a group down in Honduras called AFE. It's a Morfe Esperanza. We work through Trash Mountain Project, and it kind of became our niche. We go down there, we build homes, and our goal is to work with the children at AFE, the school at AFE, to rescue them that are living and working in the trash dump community, to give them a chance to, to be educated, to get nutrition, to get their medical needs taken care of, and, and then ultimately to build homes to rescue them from those conditions that they're in. And so we're working on what the trip looks like this year, and we finalized the date this week. We're going to be going to Honduras October 1st to the 8th of, of, of this year. We didn't plan on announcing it quite yet. We had a couple of weeks to kind of work up to that. But then our liaison with Trash Mountain Project, who we worked through, uh, Shelly Setchell, she had sent us an email this week, and, and normally the airfare to get to Honduras is really, really high. It's normally between seven and $800. And she said, JJ, I've never seen this before, but the airfare is down at $340 if we lock in the tickets right now. Uh, so we've locked in those tickets. Uh, we have 15 tickets right now that we're going to work towards purchasing to be able to go. So if you're interested in going to Honduras, normally we have a big meeting, if, especially if you're new, there are a lot of questions. That meeting is still going to be upcoming in the future, but since this is really time sensitive, if you've been to Honduras in the past and you say, yes, I already know, I'm on board. Some people have already put their, their registration down. Registration is only $150. If you haven't been and you have some questions about that, we're going to have some meetings coming up in the near future to talk about what that looks like. But I'll be down front after the service this morning. If you say, hey, I'm interested in finding out more information, because with the way it works, she put down a regist the, the registration for us. We have to put that deposit in by the end of next week. So it's kind of time sensitive. If you've never been to Honduras and have questions, come see me after the service. Uh, if not, if you've been there before and you say, yes, I'm on board, Get the deposit in. You go to honduras.ridgepointchurch.org and you put the deposit down and we'll share more in the upcoming meetings. But today we get a chance to continue on with, with this series that we're talking about, More Than Words. And the idea that our, our worship, I love when we gather together like this in a corporate setting and we get a chance to talk about this is what worship is supposed to be about in, in a corporate setting. But there's also the, the responsibility we have as, as people who want to follow Jesus to say, worship isn't just about what happens at 10, 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, but worship is what happens throughout the week. And we've kind of hinted at a couple of different things that are going to come part of, as part of this series, one of which is Justin joining us, which will happen in just a second. The other we'll share during the course of our discussion. Uh, but we want to talk about this idea. There's a definition that, was, that I heard probably 15 or 20 years ago. And it's kind of our working definition. We've changed it up a little bit. It's our working definition for what we're talking about this in this series. Worship is our response to God, whether publicly or privately, for who he is and for what he's done. And we're breaking that definition down, talking about each of those topics for the next four weeks. Today we're talking about that second one, whether publicly or privately. That when we gather together for public worship, that it's powerful but that it's just as important and just as powerful for us to have a private worship outside of this setting. And so we want to have a chance to talk about that. And, and a lot of this series goes back to discussion that Justin and I were having back in, in December. Our, our wives were there. We're having, the four of us were having a discussion about worship and what that looked like. And I said, man, if I could have just recorded that conversation and played it at church, I'd love for everybody to hear it. So as much as we can, we're going to try to bring back some parts of that discussion. But really to continue that discussion... So if you would right now, 
join me in welcoming to the stage Justin Whitten again. Welcoming back to the stage. Man, so I'm excited about this, but Justin, I want to get the ball rolling just talking about because obviously this is a little bit of unfamiliar territory for you. You're fine behind that microphone, but not so much this microphone. So this morning, which one of those presented more nervousness and anxiety for you? Depends on how you look at it. Uh, nervous. I, I told some guys at work, I said, y'all pray for me that I don't have to find another church next week. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's different. When you get up in front of people, you kind of get used to it. Uh, the difference is, is when I'm singing lyrics, I don't have to worry about as much saying something stupid, so here we go. <laughs> there might be some Justinisms that come out. We become I'm, familiar with it. I'm trying to spot where the elders are because I'm convinced, like, at any given moment, they're just going to come bum rush the stage and <laughs> tackle me, take the mic out. We got one of those canes to pull you off if we need it, so I, I got it. Um, but I, w- I want to begin, and, and really this part of this interview, it's not really an interview as much as a discussion. It's, a, it's an ongoing discussion of, about, again, going back to Pizza Connection a couple months ago. And, and it was just one of those moments where there was a lot of emotion, there was a lot of power in that discussion. Um, and so it isn't so much an interview, but we want to talk about three basic topics. First, I want to provide some... Was it Pizza Connection or Chick-fil-A? It might have been Chick-fil-A. It was Chick-fil-A because right. Pizza Connection was a it's nightmare. Always, that's right. That that's night. <laughs> the kids were loud at that place. That's right. And I got you. Uh, so, so I want to get a little bit of background because everybody sees Justin up on stage, but you might not know much of his story about how he even got involved in music and worship and all that. So begin by talking about, like, at what age did you start to pick up music? Obviously, you're very talented. Uh, so what age did you start to pick that up and what that looked like? For me, uh, at a very young age, I was bit by the music bug. I know, like, uh, I took piano lessons early on because I guess my parents saw that, and that's what you do. You get your kids lessons, but I wasn't much into the whole reading music, you know. I, I kind of would uh, aggravate my teacher because he would play through something, and I would just watch what he did and just kind of cheat code and just mirror what he did, and uh, so that didn't last super long. I figured out drums, you don't need to read music, so I can just play drums, and I don't have to fool with reading music. So at about age 11 or 10 or 11, my parents bought me an old vintage uh, Slingerland drum kit, which there's probably moments where they question that decision to this day. <laughs> but nonetheless, that was kind of where I got started. Um, they were always very encouraging of me musically. Um, and we always went to church. We went to First Baptist uh, Church at Auburndale for years and years. And the music minister there, his name is Jim McFarland. He's still local at a church in Dundee. He got wind, I guess, that I played drums, and I was only like 11 at the time. And Jim was the kind of guy, and this was a fairly good-sized church, one of the bigger churches in town. He just threw me in, just have at it. And he was that kind of guy. He just poured into me over the years. And it was those things now I look back and see what a, a value having him as a mentor was. Even though he was radically different stylistically, he was Southern Gospel singing in quartets, and that just that was never me. That's not Justin's style. No, not, not, not even... But that is kind of how I got my foot in the door with church. As far as music, as I got older, you do what every uh, sensible musician does, and you want to be a rock star and travel the world and all that good stuff that typically is not attainable. But God never opened those doors for me. Even, and it was funny because I would meet people who had connections, and he just never opened those doors for me. But the one thing he always did was kept me in church playing in church somewhere. So God always kept me close to him in that regard. Uh, and, and now, like being where I'm at, uh, it's real interesting to see how God kind of just took me along the path that he had for me, even though that's not really what I had in mind at the time. So, so what that process looked like, because that's intriguing to me to, you know, you're, obviously I think every musician wants to be that rock star and you want to, but, but at what point in that discussion do you realize, no, this, is, this isn't on accident, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do? Well, it was, 
early, well, I got out of high school, early 2000s, and, and Jim was actually the music uh, minister here before it was Rich Point Church. It was First Baptist Genfield, and I was still playing with Jim, and it kind of got to a point where this church was, and, and you kind of started to see, you see it everywhere now, but churches back then were more inward focused, and it was, you know, that old-time religion where you're going to wear your suit and come in and sing a few hymns and get out and uh, go to Sonny's. But there was this mindset that said, hey, there's people that don't want anything to do with church. Maybe they've got bad experiences, whatever it is. We want to start trying to reach those folks. And there's some things that we can do that we can make better that is going to make it a little bit easier for them to come in here with their guard down. Uh, So as that kind of happened here, uh, I was the one that they said, hey, we want you to be the, the worship pastor. And I was like 22 at the time. And thought I had a clue. Uh, but I was that for just over two years, I was the worship pastor here. So that's kind of, just before that, I think, is when God had uh, kind of started telling me, no, that your plans are not what you're going to do. Because I had went and got, like, my CDL, and I was going to drive and, you know, just make a living doing that, which was fine with me. Uh, but God had other plans. Mm. And you know, I think a lot, of, a lot of churches at that point are going through that struggle. I remember the church that I was at back in Pinellas Park was going through a similar struggle where they're starting to bring in more of a contemporary sound to it. And, and there was a battle that was taking place within churches in, in, that, in that age, I guess. And I remember at that point, our minister music, who was very similar style to, to Jim, uh, had for the first time, we had a kid in our youth group who was really talented, and he played guitar, and his name was Kenny. And, and he said, Kenny, I want you to join. It was really just the choir, but we're going to put a guitar up on stage for the first time. And I remember as a youth pastor, Beth started laughing at me because I was, like, starting to tear up. I'm like, we're arriving. We have a guitar up on stage. Um, and and it's, so, it's so foreign now because it's become so commonplace, almost across the board. But, but give it 15 or 20 years ago, that wasn't the case, and, and no, so churches wasn't. were kind of waking up to that. That's kind of the new traditional now, but yeah, back right. then, and, and oh man, we got rid of Sunday school, and oh boy, oh boy, it was <laughs> yeah. some, some interesting times. That's right, got rid of pews, all that, all that stuff. Yeah, like we that. changed the chairs, oh man. Yeah, but, uh, but it was during that time, and I want to bring how this story kind of converges, because I was at, a, at another church at that point, but, but we were actually hosting a, a winter retreat uh, and the pastor at the time, Tim, had, I was talking to Tim. He's like, hey, I got a couple of guys that be willing to come over and lead worship for you. So 12 years ago, almost this week, 12 years ago, uh, Justin and Jordan showed up. They looked a little bit different then. <laughs> I, share, I share Justin's picture, but, but Jordan over there. Jordan, you're looking pretty young there, man. That's awesome. Uh, so, but, but they came over. Uh, it was Justin on guitar and Jordan on the cajon that year. And the next year, they brought the entire band over and led worship for us. And, and I just remember at that point just connecting with them on such a, a personal level, saying, man, I'd love to be part of a church that got it like, like they get it, uh, never having any idea that a couple of years later that the ball starts rolling in that. So, I mean, it's been my privilege just to be able to, to be a part of that, to have you on our team. So I want to I get into a little bit of this is peeling back the curtain on how does all of this happen on Sunday morning? Because there might be people Grace out there. Of God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but what's the process look like on Sunday morning? Because obviously you guys as musicians and, and, and singers and whatnot, you don't just show up and everything just comes together. Well, it, it has evolved and it will continue to evolve. But kind of the way it is now is we try to plan out, I don't know, four to six weeks or so ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way we can give our volunteers some notice. But what we've started doing, and it's everybody involved really enjoys it. We sit, you know, I don't know, three to five people of us 
that are involved in the team here in a room, and we look at the, by series, we look at each week, and we say, okay, this is what this week, the theme, and thematically, we try to put appropriate songs to it, but uh, it's still, it's so interesting, because, you know, we're constantly changing and evolving how we do this, and the moment you think you've got this magic formula that just works, God turns it on its ear. So it's really this dynamic, living, breathing, breathing thing uh, that for me, as someone who likes to be organized, I like to have my ducks in a row, I don't like guessing games, it, it, God's always like making me rely on him in that regard. So it, it's pretty interesting. Absolutely. So, so what about, so, so we, we come up with a series, kind of the, the topic of what that series is, we, we brand it around whatever the name is, like more than words, uh, then, then I start to break down week by week what the topic looks like. But, but talk about, because obviously there's a, a plethora of songs out there for you to choose from. So what do you look for specifically in a song when you're trying to pick something that can connect with the church but also fit in? What, what does that look like? Well, first, I want something that has theological teeth. I don't want, you know, anything that is inaccurate theologically, obviously. And I don't necessarily mind abstract stuff, but some things are just so abstract, you could be talking about your significant other or God. It's just, you know. So that's kind of the first thing is theologically does it hit. Uh, Second thing is there are a lot of great songs out there, but they are not necessarily going to work in a corporate setting like this where we're all singing together congregationally. So I have to kind of figure out, is this something that everybody can sing to? Is it something everybody's going to sing to? Um, really, those are the two big things. And then, you know, the third thing is just, does the team like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the tough things is you think, because I've had people come up to me that are like, hey, I heard this song on the radio, and man, this song sounds really good. I think people connect with that song, and they do, but then you think about it in a corporate setting, and that, you know, the person who's singing that song is really, really talented, and, and they're earning a living doing that. But for congregational worship, that's not a, a song that would fit. Oh, yeah, and, and I hear songs all the time that I, oh, I wish we could do that one in church. It just, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the team suggests, like, something that has, a, like, a salsa feel or whatever that one was the other day. <laughs> you know me. That's my style. Uh, I love it. So, so give us. I have nothing wrong with salsa music, just for the record. <laughs> Put that out there. If that's your thing, I got no problems Justin's with salsa music. Hey, discriminating against you. He just do your reggaeton. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, but so, so give us a, a preview, because obviously one of, one of the goals is to find music that, and I think is one of the challenges, is you find, you, let me ask you this question, how many of you love coming to church and singing songs you know? Uh, you connect with the songs you know. How many of you love coming to church and hearing new music? This is the challenge right here, is that you know, no matter what song is sung, people are coming in saying... You know what's messed up is about everybody raise their hand twice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. It's the people who like one or the other who... Y'all make your mind up. <laughs> but, but that's the challenge that you face is, you know, so people want some songs they connect with. I've sung that song. I can get into it. It's hard to get into a new song unless it's really relatable. I still can't tell you that I can completely put my finger on that. Um, I mean, obviously you can talk to, and I can talk to my band. I can lean on them about stuff. They kind of know like if something will work or if something won't. But even past that, there's times where we just have to t- step out and take risks um, a lot of times I hear a song, and it takes me three, four, five times actually hearing it before I go, okay, maybe this could work, or I'll hear it the fifth time and go, oh, I thought it would, but maybe it won't. There's no real quantification to it. It's just one of those things, 
I have to constantly be just saying, God, what do you want me to do with this? And sometimes when it's a little bit more ambiguous in response, I just have to step out on faith and hope that, you know, it doesn't sink. And if it doesn't hit, we don't have to do it again. It's not a huge deal. Fortunately, I have a phenomenal group of musicians that even if it's something that might not necessarily stick as good as something else, it's still going to be executed well. And I think that's part of why I want to have this this conversation is um, I've, I've had a chance to connect with a lot of people in the community. And, and, and as I talk to people, if, if Ridgepoint Church has a reputation, which I think that we should, there's two things I always hear is, is one is, man, the music at Ridgepoint is really, really good. Uh, there's a community leader that I've become good friends with, and that's all that he ever says. He's like, man, I, I visited your church when I first moved here. Man, you guys have probably the best music in Winterhaven. We know that it's more than, worship's more than music, but, but we want to be known as that. And the other thing that we hear all the time is the amount of, of service that we do, which is an act of worship in and of itself. So, so speaking of new music, give us an idea. What is it that you listen to uh, that, that maybe gives us a preview of what's coming to Ridgepoint Church and Maybe in the coming Specifically? Months. Specifically. Okay, well, Corey Voss and Madison Street Worship just put out a killer, killer song called Praise Your Name that may or may not be making an appearance in the next few weeks. Mm. Um, the new Elevation Worship album's really good. Um, of course, the Mac Brock album, we just did Heart Wide Open this morning. That one's got some, some killer stuff on it, too. There's plenty. Now with Spotify and Apple Music, no one has an excuse to not find music. I remember back when it was just Christian radio, and it was terrible. <laughs> <sighs> It's, we, <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. God for, for technology, because now we can actually sort through all of the stuff we don't want to have to fool with and, and go straight to the good stuff. But. Mm-hmm. And those are great. Some of you would remember Corey Voss. He actually led worship here back when he was in a band called Letters from Patmos, and, and God's just kind of blown up his ministry. And that song in particular, I saw a lot of people share. His album, I think, just came out this week. Yeah, I think it just dropped. Yeah, but, but really, really powerful stuff. And I knew a couple people in the band shared it right away, and I said, that song's probably going to be making its way here it's coming. soon. So, um, so if, if there's one thing as the worship leader of Ridgepoint Church that you'd want us to, to get in 2019... Um, as, as an entire church, I think that we've all kind of experienced, I had some people again this morning, I think it's happened almost every week, the last few weeks, uh, someone came up and talked about how much they've loved the start to this year, um, everyone being together, and just the freedom that's there. I think there's been a different tone as we have entered into this year, but if there's one thing you'd like us to see to either continue or, or change, what's that, that one thing for this year? I think I want to see the evolution of us uh, continuing to be free in worship uh, on Sunday mornings. And that is such a, like, that's not just a sentence that you have to unpack that really. How do we get to that? Um, It starts on Monday. And that's one thing that, like, as I continue to be more and more involved in uh, where God has me within this ministry, uh, I understand that it's Monday through Saturday that really counts. Mm. Because you can come in here and you can fake everybody. God's going to know, but you can fake everybody. Um, but when you can really just be in a perpetual state of worship from Monday through Saturday, it come in and it will manifest itself on Sunday, and God will use that to work in other people's life. So I think, to me, I want to see the evidence of God working in people's life. And it's not necessarily just that you're raising your hands that we see it, but it's an intangible thing that you can't really explain. You just know when, when God shows up and people are, are there with him. Um, for me, worship personally and, and corporately is two different things, and, and I'm still like having to flesh it out, which is crazy because I've been leading worship now since, I don't, even, I don't know, 10, 15 years or whatever. But for me, the, the personal worship is just so radically different from the corporate worship. 
And there's things in each that I don't necessarily find myself naturally gravitating towards. I'm not one to get up on stage and just jump around and, and be that kind of guy. And if you are, that's okay. That's just not who I am. More, I'm more of an inward kind of worshiper. Like when I'm, you know, uh, by myself, that's kind of more where I, I relate to that kind of stuff. But I also know when we're corporate, we have to give God our best. And here's what I also know. I know everybody in this room has been in some kind of sports arena and absolutely showed their butt because I've done it <laughs> over a sports team. So if we want to come in here and talk about something serious on Sunday mornings and we can't even draw a parallel there and get from one place to the other there, then we, we, we got to go back and look at something even deeper. We got to look at our hearts at that point because something's not right. Um, and, and again, I'm not necessarily looking for a show. I, I, I just want to see God move. Uh, I want to see him work in people's life. And I want to come back to that personal versus corporate worship in just a second. But, um, but you know, I've been reading as a lot of times when I go into a, a particular series, I'll read books on that particular topic. And, and, and I went back and, and I read a book. I think it's one of the ones available at the, at the table back in the back of the merch table. Uh, but David Crowder, probably, and probably about as old as that picture is, is the book that I'm reading. Uh, he wrote a book back years ago called Praise Habit. And, and in it, he's talking about how worship tends to, to become a habit in our life, that if we're practicing it throughout the week and not just exercising it on Sunday morning, that it becomes more and more a habit. And, and that because of that, our response is, is vastly different. It's a picture that we understand when it happens when we're a child. When we fully embrace something as a child, it's nothing for us to arm extend fully out, raise our hand, and be excited about it. And yet when we become adults, that, that cool factor sets in. We, we, we're not willing to live with as much abandon and, and so if we respond at all, it's kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit scared, and there's that lack of, of freedom. Absolutely. Well, and, and personally, if I could just be, you know, full disclosure, my concern is I don't want it to be about me, and maybe to a fault. Like, I, I feel like sometimes if I raise my hands, well, people are going to be looking at me. And, and, and that's not what it is, because if you approach it from a place of authenticity, and, and your heart is legitimately in the right place, people are going to see that. Um, and if you're faking it, they might be able to tell that too. Uh, it, it's pretty interesting. I, I don't feel like I give people credit enough for being able to read through nonsense. But I, I think at the end of the day, we don't have to worry about people. We're trying to focus on our relationship with God and who he is and that outward expression of gratefulness. And really, I can't do too much to show God how grateful I am for what he's done. So we just kind of have to put that behind us, not worry about what our neighbor's doing, uh, you know, if, if they can hear you singing, then maybe they're not singing loud enough. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about how good your voice is. I tell those guys, uh, run it loud enough where people can't hear themselves singing too good mm-hmm. on purpose. And I appreciate that because I like to sing loud. I don't want to hear myself at all. <laughs> um, I want to get more into the meat of that in just a second. But one last question, kind of about RPC music and where that stands. Um, do you see any, over the next few years, do you see any surprises any big stuff that you see coming down the pipe in the next couple of years no if i saw it, it wouldn't be a surprise <laughs> but no um <clears throat> I, I mean obviously i would like to see some original music happen that's one of those things where uh it's always right there like you know chewing on me because that's, that's something i want to do but the reality is is that's something that really is you have to be intentional and it takes time and every single person in this band has a full-time job outside of what we do mm-hmm. and not to mention families and all that stuff so it's one of those things where we just have to go where God takes us, and when the time is right, then he will provide the means for us to do that. But I definitely see that coming. I think there is no greater expression of the local church within the context of like worship through music as writing a song. Because you know, we can sing these Elevation songs and these other songs, and they're killer songs. But when we can write a song 
that speaks to where we are as a church, man, that's just something like that no one else can relate to the same way we can. And I, and I think that's, honestly, I think that's what God wants. And, and I think it's a powerful exercise that <clears throat> for the people who have to be praying about, man, where's the church at at that point? Um, you know, it, it only feeds more into what we're trying to do as, as a church. Uh, speaking of which, we kind of announced last week there are a couple of surprises coming as part of the series. Uh, first was that Justin would be sharing the stage uh, with me. We talked about that last week. But one thing I didn't share is, so we have this four-week series. We're unpacking that definition of worship. But then coming up the week following that, March 3rd, we're going to have a Sunday morning where we devote the entire service just to worship. Now, realizing worship is more than words, it doesn't mean the band's going to be up here for that full hour-long experience. There's going to be some different ways that we celebrate <clears throat> what worship is, but it won't be a traditional where we do one song host, three songs message, one song style. It's going to be some, some different ways to encounter and experience God. Uh, so just know that March 3rd is going to be a different Sunday. We'd love for you to invite your friends out to come and experience God in, in a little bit of a different setting that particular Sunday morning. So... But, but the core part of the discussion that, that we're having at, at Chick-fil-A and uh, that we kind of continued was, was more around kind of where worship is and what worship's about. And I know one of your concerns at that point was, man, I don't want Sunday morning to be just a, a show. I don't want people to come in and just because worship is never meant to be a passive experience. It's meant to be active. And, and your concern always is I don't want it to be just up, up, us, up us up on stage singing but that people would respond in worship. So unpack what you meant by that. Um, you can come in and, and you can put on a show. And, and, I mean, it's easy. Anybody put on a production. You know, we go see concerts and, you know, that, that's fine. But for what we're talking about, it's completely a deeper thing because we want to see evidence of something happening, but it cannot be fabricated or just put on. It needs to be something that, that's real. So for me, it starts on Monday. So... And one of the things I'm starting to learn is this whole worship is a lifestyle. It's not just a genre of music. Uh, and kind of what does that mean? So, so part of worship when I'm by myself, it's, you know, yeah, I listen to music and stuff. And don't get me wrong. There's been times, like, in my vehicle where a song comes on and God just gets a hold of me. And then people just see some redneck in a broke-down-looking truck <laughs> driving down the road crying. And that's okay. <clears throat> uh, but more than that, it's reading the Word. It is praying, just keeping a prayer life. It's, it's things that don't necessarily sound super sexy. It's things that are more like just nose to the grindstone. You're, you're getting up every morning, you're reading the Bible, you're praying to God. And for me, another thing that has really helped, and this has helped my whole like paradigm perspective just on life, uh, is just being thankful for the things I have, just the things that we just overlook every day. Uh, you know, just if you're constantly just being thankful to God for the, the things he's given us, then uh, you can't help but worship. You can't help but just stay in that frame of mind. And then come Sunday, it just, it explodes. Last week I mentioned a, a passage that I want to bring back this morning. But over in Mark chapter 7, it says this. The people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And then it says this. In vain do they worship me. One of the things that Justin's been hitting on has been this idea that we, we want worship to be authentic, to be sincere. That it can, it can be passionate, it can be loud, it can be a visible response, but it can be just as much a quiet, I want to process through what God is doing. Uh, because above everything else, we want our, our worship to be authentic. 
here the passage is lying out that, that man, there can be a style of worship. There can be a, a worship that response is done in vain, meaning it's empty, it's worthless. Uh, what do you think is the difference? Of why, like, how do, how do we make sure? We've talked about this a lot already, but anything else you'd add to that about how to make sure that your worship is authentic and sincere? That's a good question. Um, I think you just, again, you have to start with your heart. Where's your heart? Um, if you're doing something for the wrong reason, you don't have to guess whether you're doing it for the wrong reason. Uh, I, I know when I do something I'm not supposed to, then I'm not supposed to do it. Uh, no one has to tell me that. And I think it's the same thing in worship. Uh, you know where your heart is just as much as God knows where it is. And we just have to take account of our heart. And, you know, f- when we do something, why are we doing that? And that, that's got to drive everything we do. And it kind of m- might sound a little simplistic, but, I mean, I, I don't think it, there is a whole lot to it in and of itself. I think that's just what there is to it. We've got to look at our hearts, and it's got to be in a place where we're doing it for the right reason. Absolutely. I, I think one of the, the challenges is that <clears throat> how many of you have experienced, I think I've experienced this more in the last year than I've ever experienced in my life, but how many feel like, man, life right now is just super busy? Like life is just hard. Like it just, it just feels like we're constantly going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And then what happens is right in the middle of that busyness, it's like all of a sudden God triggers this, this idea, oh wait, I haven't done something that I was supposed to do. And, and, and what happens is we make worship something we do rather than the lifestyle that we live. We, we think, like we have maybe a, a reminder on our Bible app that, oh, I, I forgot to read that, that scripture passage. Let me go back and look at it real quick. And it just is something that we do. Not there's anything wrong with setting reminders. I think we should do that. But when, when it starts to become more a, a part of who we are, it's just a natural extension that I long for those things, that if, that if my life uh, so we, we've seen this illustration before, but where a guy starts to fill up his, he has a giant container, he starts to fill it up with the big rocks first, and then he fills it in with smaller rocks, and then finally fills it in with sand and water. The idea is that the big rocks are the things that are most important, most valuable to me. And so if I look at my life and I'm saying that I want my life to be a lifestyle of worship, then whatever it is that's most important to me, I want to make sure that that takes the, the precedence of my life. And that if I do that, like Justin's been talking about, if I do that Monday through Saturday, then the response on Sunday morning when we move from private worship that's been happening in our lives to corporate worship or public worship is a natural extension of what's already been taking place in my life. Worship is more about what happens Monday through Saturday than it is what happens on Sunday morning. We can, we can see instances where people have been turned off by the church because the church has been seen as being phony and fake because we come in on a Sunday morning, whatever day that church happens to meet, and we gather together, but there's, there's been no worship throughout the week, and that worship's in vain. But when I've been worshiping throughout the week, when I've been doing the things that Justin talked about, uh, things like reading through Scripture, Processing through what that means for me, not just, not just checking a box, but saying, God, I, I read that. How does that passage pertain to me right now? How does that change me moving forward? Because I want to make sure, it, it does me no good in my life to read my Bible and to hate my neighbor. Those two things can't be consistent. But we read our Bible and then our neighbor does something that gets us mad. And we start fighting with our neighbor about it. There's been no practical application. There's been no personal worship really taking place. But when there's actual life change happening, 
when I said, man, I, I read my Bible, and my Bible told me that I'm supposed to love my neighbor, even if my neighbor doesn't look, talk, think, or act like me, which we talked about last year, that I'm still supposed to do that, that I've known a whole lot more for the way that I respond to Jesus Monday through Saturday than I am the physical response that happens on Sunday morning. So I got one more question I want to wrap up with, but anything else you want to add? Yeah, that, doing what he's talking about will change It'll change things that you didn't even ever think about. Like, I have found myself gravitating more towards just, like, the kind of music I listen to. And, and again, I, I grew up with the whole legalistic, secular music's the devil and all that stuff. But for me, it's not even that it's bad because I certainly still listen to some, some good secular stuff. Uh, and I will. But it's more about, like, feeding your soul. It's more, you know, as you get closer to God, you want to continue to get closer to him. And it, it's, you know, it changes your priorities. So now, like, whereas... I might have been listening to whatever. Mm-hmm. I might want to listen to this because it, it's going to feed my soul. It's going to, you know, it's going to bring me closer to who God is with the truth that it's speaking. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting how I, even in my life I see myself kind of weeding out some of the stuff that, you know, maybe isn't bad. It's kind of, you know, what's the Bible say? Just because something is permissible, it's not wise. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a, a huge thing that we don't uh, put enough emphasis into. Uh, it's not a bad thing, but there are certainly better things that you could do, more efficient things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a valuable lesson uh, that the pastor is talking about. Just because something is lawful and it's allowable doesn't mean that it's going to help you and it's not beneficial to where you want to be. And so how, applying that filter in our life that we're going to look for things that are true and lovely and honest and, and have good reports and all those things. Anything else? For, I got one final question. I want to, okay. Um, I want to talk because obviously there's been a progression in your life as well. You talked about some of your early history and some different things. But, but how have you seen yourself maturing as a worship leader over the course of the past 12 years? I'm glad you put as a worship leader in there. Yeah. Because I would have probably been some, <laughs> some comments on that. Allie might have something to say about that. I don't know. Yeah, she'll get her chance. <laughs> um, I've gotten a lot of opportunities just to be around a bunch of different people, and, and I've got to work with a lot of great people within a context of ministry, church planners and just different folks the like. But uh, the one thing I have found is that, again, it's to constantly be listening to God and open to what he has because, again, the minute I think I'm in a groove and I've just got this formula is I'm going on my ear and it's going to all go to, to scratch and I'm going to have to figure out now i got to go where God's telling me to go. So if you're just a little more open with that kind of stuff, at least for me as a worship leader, then uh, it's not as uh, jarring when God t- says, hey, you're taking a hard right here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I want to have this conversation to kind of share some things that we are processing through just as uh, the pastor and worship leader at Ridgepoint, uh, but also just to kind of share our appreciation because the amount, of, the amount of volunteer hours necessary, like Justin shared, everybody that's up on stage on a Sunday morning is a volunteer here at Ridgepoint Church, and, and that typically means for you, it's scheduling volunteers, picking music, there's team people help you out picking music, but then setting up from, from musical stuff that you might add to it in the computer, to setting up slides, to, to making sure all that's done. I mean, I know there's times we get emails when people are updating Dropbox, which is what we use, and sometimes it's happening at like 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning to make sure everything's in place. Oh, that's and not me. That's not you. <laughs> no. I just get the email early. then at some point. That, um, but, but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that has to happen for Sunday morning to take place. 
Uh, so also just want to be able to share our appreciation as a church to let you know how much we appreciate the, the work, that, the dedication you put in to help lead us. The worship is about much more than what happens on Sunday morning. It's, it's a chance for us to, if we've been doing what we're supposed to do throughout the week, it's a chance for us to gather together corporately and to celebrate. Ultimately, what Sunday morning is a celebration of what God has done throughout the week. Well, and I just want to say, like, I appreciate everybody here. I, it is a privilege and an honor for me to be able to come uh, week in, week out, and get up here and do what we do, uh, you know, just have the band be uh, as involved and committed as they are. Mm. Uh, one thing about it, uh, worship can't happen without sacrifice, and that doesn't matter whether it's coming up here and practicing or if it's in your life. There, there's got to be some element of sacrifice. I mean, you can go back to the Old Testament. Uh, they gave sacrifice. That was an offering of worship. That was part of what they did. So if there's no sacrifice in your life, there cannot be worship to the fullest at what God wants it to be. So in our own lives, what are we sacrificing so that we can know God more, so that we can be closer to him, that we can experience a lifestyle of worship? Absolutely. So I'll do something a little bit different to wrap up this part of uh, the service, and I ask them for permission to do this, but I'm actually going to ask Allie to join us up on stage. Uh, we want to pray for them because I know it's not just the amount of time and sacrifice that has to to take place for for them both to, and I know they have young kids at home and life is busy, uh, but it's coming up here on Thursday nights for practice and, and all that stuff. So we just want to pray for them as a couple because I know the, the sacrifice that you put in as well to be a part of this. And so I'm actually going to ask right now for our elders to join us up on stage. I'm side to side of the way. You guys get right in the middle. And actually the band knows about it as well. Band, would you join us as well? Because we wouldn't be where we are without both of these people right here. And so we just want to close out this portion of the service to, to, to pray for them as a church, to let them know how much we appreciate them. Father God, I thank you for uh, just how you use people, sometimes broken vessels, all, all the time broken vessels, to be able to, to lead people in various ways. God, I thank you for Justin and for Allie, for the dedication that they've done throughout the years at Ridgepoint Church. Uh, God, I pray that just as, as we continue on, as, as you're working our lives, as you're bringing about some of the changes you've brought about, uh, God, you're working through individuals. And so, God, I pray your blessing upon them. I know they have challenges at home with having three young kids and, and all the stuff that life brings. But, God, I'm thankful first and foremost for the way that you've worked in their life, the way that you've changed their hearts. God, I'm thankful for their friendship, and I'm thankful for, the, for their ability to lead us in worship. God, I pray your, your blessing on them in a mighty way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So as the band's going to get ready to close us out, I just want uh, to let you know as, as a pastor how important this is to us. I said at the beginning of this year that, that there are two things I want us to focus on. Next week, we'll continue this worship series by talking about that when we respond to God, whether publicly or privately, our first response is simply because of who he is. And then the final week, we'll wrap up by talking about it's also about what he's done but primarily it's about a response to God for being who he is. And that if we do what we do throughout the week individually, if we're doing our part Saturday, uh, Monday through Saturday, then our response when we gather together on Sunday morning is to have a response of absolute freedom. And we want this to be a place, I said this the first week of this year, we want this to be a place where if people are coming with burdens, because by the way, they are, if they're coming with burdens, that they can come, they can check their burdens at the door and leave them there for an hour and ten minutes. And they come and they experience freedom that's found in Jesus. 
and that when they leave this place, those burdens are still there. Coming to church doesn't mean that our burdens are alleviated, that our burdens are gone. But what it means is that when we leave the place, though we have to pick those burdens back up, we now know we're not shouldering those burdens alone because we come together to worship corporately, to experience freedom, and to leave here united in that freedom. And so I want to do something. We're going to pray one more time. If you would bow your heads, close your eyes with me. And I want to do something, and if you're not comfortable with it, that's fine. But if you are, I just want you to do this. As we pray, I just want you to lift your hand up, kind of up towards, towards the stage. Just lift one hand up, and we're going to pray together. And we're going to pray that for people right now that have, that have burdens, that those burdens would be left at the door, they'd be checked at the door, and that they'd come together today as a church to experience freedom. For those who don't know Jesus, that today would be the day that they encounter him. And for the first time, the heaviness of, of the biggest burden of our life is removed, that we have a relationship with God because of what Jesus did. And so we lift our hands towards the stage. It's just as lifting our hand towards the stage in agreement, saying, this is what I want to be about. That I don't want to do anything that's phony or fake, but that I want my worship, my genuine acknowledgement of who Jesus is, to be authentic, to be sincere, and to be free. God, we love you. And sometimes we know that our relationship with you is, is made difficult because life is difficult. But God, we come to you this morning acknowledging that you are who you say you are. That you've done what you say you've done and that you love us. And God, for the person this morning that is experiencing uh, the bondage that comes because of the sin and the heaviness of their life, our prayer corporately is as we worship one more time, that they'll experience freedom, a freedom that's only found in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.